Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Go Lounge. We are coming to you live from our Go Lounges. This is episode three, and today we were meant to have a full squad, but um, one of our members, you can see he's actually missing. I largely think it's because his team had a poor performance on the weekend, but he yep. says it's because power went out. Yeah, I'm So team. I'm not too sure, but <laughs> apart from that, I'm going to introduce the rest of the squad. We've got Mateus on my right, on my right or otherwise known as Matthew. He is a huge Spurs fan, and he's also made two official caps at a Comedy Central performance. He does stand-up comedy, and that's actually why we've got him here, because we thought um, Tottenham were going to have a bit of a joking start to the season. So let's see what he can give us. <laughs> we've got Stello, who is our financial investigative journalist, largely because, I mean, we don't know where Man United's money is going, and he's pretty much asking, he's saying, show me the money. That's, that's what's going on there. Where are the signings, Stello? And then we've got Nick, who is Newcastle's self-proclaimed number one South African fan. Um, he's also got some UEFA, what, A or C or B or D licenses. Who cares? He just knows his football. And then we've got, lastly, Mr. Wonga. He's got a wicked left foot. He focuses on the development of youth football in South Africa. So if you've got a child who doesn't know how to kick a ball, Wonga can teach him, but only with his left foot, because we all know left footers don't have right feet. Um, and that's pretty much our squad. Um, but let's let's start with the first game. We're going to talk about the United. Oh wait, before we talk about anything, don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe, and hit the notification thing button rather because it helps us generate comments while we're talking. But we're going to go to the first game, and the first game we're going to talk about is none other than the Manchester United versus Crystal Palace game. We might as well start there because Celo has decided to change his shirt. He's saying again it's for Heritage Day, but I think it's got to do with other other reasons. Heritage. No, man. It's Heritage Day. <laughs> I was like, let me just whip out the 2009 Bafana Bafana shirt. You know what I mean? Uh, it has nothing to do with May United. Um, but yeah, I, it, was a, it was a woeful performance uh, from the guys. Uh, they were, I don't even know what to say because they were, I think they were just quite um, tired. Uh, you can see that they, they, they haven't trained much, uh, but still, still, still not... Uh, uh, a good performance from them, you know what I mean? Um, it's something, you know, it, you know. You look at uh, City, City also didn't have much of a preseason, similar to us. Um, but, you know, they, 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 they came out all guns blazing. But Man United was just poor on the day. Uh, Victor Lindelof is the softest defender I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he doesn't, he, he, you know, he cost us the game, literally, you know. Uh, the, first, the first goal, uh, second goal and third goal, he was involved. Uh, he was unlucky with the, with the penalty. Um, that's, that's another topic I think we, we should we should have on we, we should have on goal lounges is the whole, whole um, handball interpretation. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, what Southampton got a dubious penalty. Um, uh, Crystal Palace got a dubious penalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Celo, sorry, I, I, Celo, I know we're going to talk about all the dubious penalties because I mean some of them were super harsh and super soft. But from a United perspective, we spoke about it last week. We said, what happens to United or how does the, the mood in the camp change where if they don't pick up the three points starting against Crystal Palace at home? And they didn't do it. And I think right now the conversation that needs to be had is the one where there's the on-field performance and then there's the boardroom performance. And there's something clearly that's not aligning on, in this United camp at the moment. And um, I think it was reflective on the performance. I don't know, Nick, what did you think about the game? Uh, to be very honest with you, um, in terms of Man United, I it was just that same old sort of nonsense that they had pre-lockdown, um, and it was 
funny enough, probably just as bad as Newcastle versus Brighton, to be very honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't think that could be possible. So it was good to be at the bar watching Man United lose 3-1 after I'd witnessed that nonsense the day before. Um, but I, I had high hopes for, for you guys, Silo. I, I don't know, eh? I, I don't know. I think I saw someone tweet the other day, surely they're going to panic by now. Surely there has to be a panic by waiting for you guys to try and sort out whatever you whatever you can salvage from a very poor start. I just I just think you're missing so much. Um, and that yeah. was proof the proof was in the pudding against a let's be honest, a very average Crystal Palace team. Um, credit where credit's due, they won the game, but you know, you're talking about a team that wants to finish in the top three. I don't know. The only silver lining is that Van der Beek looks—he looks like a bit of a player. I think you, mm. you've got a sign in there. But yeah, he looks like he looks like he's—he's drinking whatever Van Nistelrooy was drinking in Holland back then. It just looks like he's going to be at the right place at the right time. The ball's just going to fall to his feet. It looks like one of those annoying players in a United jersey, doesn't he? Yeah. No, I just, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I completely agree with you, Nick. Yeah, man. It's a. Uh, it's not the way to. It's not the best way to start. Um, and yeah, and, and as Claudio has said, uh, it's, the club was very much disjointed. Um, you know, you know when you bring in signings into a club, uh, signings bring in um, fresh energy, um, some competition in certain areas. So the fact that we've only got one signing um, was not good. Uh, and even um, what we on Thursday now since since uh, four four five days since the, the the loss, and there's been no movement with uh, within the transfer window. Whereas other clubs have already signed um, this week, uh, but mm. United um, lagging behind. You know, we we've been ch um, chasing James Sancho the whole, you know, the whole the whole the whole transfer window, but there's been no progress. We should have moved on to to another to another signing um, already, but you know. Are you guys doing that funding? The, the, did you see that that thing? <laughs> the GoFundMe. GoFundMe. move. Come on, guys. Yeah, Putin, I'm sure. Yeah. No, Celo, so, so what, I'm, what I'm thinking is that, I mean, there's all this talk about Sancho. We know he's, yeah. he's a great player. At the moment, he's one of Dortmund's key players. You guys have been chasing him all window. But there's a lot of talk at the moment at United saying, and when I keep referring to the Liverpool transfer strategy, this is one of the things. They're saying now they can't bring players in before they let some go because they've got a huge wave, wage bill that they're trying to, trying to release. And, I mean, there's talk about James leaving for Leeds. There's the, the Chris Smalling thing to Roma still hasn't happened. Another man is training by himself at the moment. Then you've also yeah. got um, Lindegaard, who they're trying to get off, off their books, but apparently he's content to stay. So you've got a bit of that situation where there's no point bringing players in when you still can't get the current ones out. So you're in a bit of a tricky situation. But if you're looking at the game itself, I mean, we all know you're talking about Sancho up front, but your weakness is still at the back. Yeah. Yeah, that's, no, that's what I was saying, is that Lindelof is too soft. You know, um, literally, Eric Bailly needs to start. Um, he needs to be given a run of games uh, where he's installed to play with um, Maguire. So at least yesterday, um, that's the uh, day before yesterday, on Tuesday, the League Cup, he played with Maguire at centre at the heart of defence, and they played quite well together, you know. Um, at least Bailly is a bit more physical, he's got a bit more pace than Lindelof, so at least that's a different uh, type of player playing along um, Maguire, because Maguire and Lindelof are quite, you know, similar. They've got similar attributes. Obviously, Maguire is better in the air. Um, Lindelof is, is, is you know, reads the game a bit better, but he's just, he's just soft, man, you know what I mean? Like, how can, like, Wilfred Zaha literally 
you know, just be like, you know, um, you know, bump you out of, out of the way. Um, so yeah, the defense obviously is is isn't 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 great. Um, but I think that uh, we do have a player within the squad that can already give a bit of an improvement on the current centre back pairing. Um, and also, you know, they need to bring back one Bissaka in the starting lineup. At least he's uh, more assured at the back than than that Fosu Mensa. I think it was just because um, one Bissaka was in quarantine and couldn't train with the team uh, until a week ago. Yeah, um, Wonga, what are your thoughts about this game, this Palace game, United game? Yeah, look, I, I, I think I'm pretty much the same as Nick. It was, yes, you can't say much about it. It was literally the same man United before pre-lockdown. It's very difficult to say what, I mean, the problem is with them. Eh? Um, the one thing that irritated me the most is like watching that, uh, what's his name, Bruno Fernandes. I think there was a time, yeah. I, I didn't see it during the game though, but I saw highlights of him. Um the some I think the, it was the ball is going out for a, a, a corner. I remember faintly in my head, but another corner it was uh, somewhere it happened somewhere on the touchline. And Bruno Fernandez dives like absolutely no need to dive, but he dives and makes it look like the guy kicked him. And it's it's so clear when you're watching the replay that this guy wasn't even touched. He was even in fast, even not even slow motion, but it being played quickly, you could see, and I mean, like he made, he made real time look slow. That, that's how yeah, he kicked the diamond. Yeah, for me, and look, if that guy was focusing his energy on getting a goal for the team instead of trying to win a, a free kick on the touchline, I think United would have probably got something there. You know, it's something I just couldn't understand in my head. It's even now, I just remember it now instead of speaking. Um, yeah, I mean, I they were they were they were very slow in their build-up, weren't they? Yeah, like well, I mean, they, I think they, everyone... like they, they were lacking purpose. They were lacking something to go yes. forward. There was nothing. And I suppose, like when we move on to the next game, which is the Arsenal game, and that's the difference between the two managers. I think it's a combination mm -hmm. of Ole being slightly. I mean, we know he's not a, a great tactician. We know he's yeah. a good man manager, but mm -hmm. when things aren't going according to plan, he doesn't know how to change the game. And I, I think the too. only thing that went to worked in United's favor was the fact that there were no fans in the stadium. That's the only thing yeah. on Saturday that was okay. Hopefully, if they picked up a, if they pick up a positive result in the coming weekend, they can then uh, forget about this one. Uh, Matt, overall, what is your assessment? Yeah, look, I mean, United for a while haven't really been. You, every time you watch them, they never seem to all eleven players on the field have a great day, and that used to be the hallmark of the United sides. It was that everyone on the field would do one hundred and ten percent, even if they. And that was what Ferguson kind of brought to them, was that they could have players that were a little bit worse than the rest. But the whole team would just do do their jobs and a bit more, and they would, you know, steamroll sides. And now you never seem to see them all having a great day. You know, they have a couple of players who are doing right, and then others just having an absolute men. But for me, the biggest question is how long are they going to keep giving Solskjaer the bye just because of who he is? You, know, you remember how quickly United fans have turned on every other manager they've had since Ferguson. Moyes got basically a couple of days' grace before they hated him. You know, uh, Mourinho the same. They they gave him a couple of months and then they were all at his neck. And Solskjaer's done, you could look at some of the individual performances that have happened under Solskjaer and you would have thought there'd be a lot more United fans up in arms, but they still see to see they see him as that baby-faced assassin still. You know, it's like when you look at your own kid and you still see them as that cute little thing, even when he's setting fire to your own car. Like, you can't, they can't, like, let him off. So they're, they're going yeah, to he'll, he'll get them relegated and they'll still give him a new contract. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's a bit of an issue at the moment where it seems as though that the United board aren't backing him because there's clearly yeah. players that he wants and it's, it's a combination of him not being backed and the chairman not knowing how to negotiate and then they also 
for them it's comfortable because they're almost in a situation where I'm worried that they're going to head the direction that Arsenal are going, where they're just content for top four. And yeah. they're not going to put look look Wonga putting faces now because he's like, hey, we're doing all right now. But I mean, it took a long time. So I'm worried that from a United perspective, that they're relying on what the institution is as opposed to where they want to go, and they're content with the fourth spot. The reason they're happy with the Solskjaer is that he's not going to question the board anytime soon. He's not going to be outspoken. They got rid of Mourinho because he was saying, listen, there's a lot of shit happening in this club. You guys aren't backing me at all. So yeah. that's that's the one thing though. We got to like be like, oh, this watch this space. Interesting, to see how this unfolds. That's why the results the results are going to be you see, crucial to follow next, next stage. Yeah. Even like I was, I was like even to answer Matt's question as well, like how long they're going to back him for. But every time I, I I just remember just from the the press conferences. I mean, um, especially when Solskjaer after that, um, you made a good round when he came in, and yeah. then after that it started slumping, and then everyone started questioning. He's uh, job security. And he kept on saying, every time they asked him about that, he kept on saying him and the board have uh, have this vision, basically this vision, and they they are going to stick to it. They have a plan and they're going to stick to it. They understand, yeah. they understand the results that are coming in, that were coming in at the moment. Um, yeah. And they, they just understand where where they are headed. And, they, and this what they... What is happening right now, right there with the club, is sort of something that they that they expect. This this phase that is happening is sort of what they expect for now. So for me, when I when people ask the question, I I honestly believe because of that, I believe that Solskjaer is going to be there for a long time. I don't think Man United want to cut. They're actually doing what the same thing they do with Ferguson. They're literally going to back him, and I think you're going to see him there for I say close to ten years. I'm so I, so I, I genuinely, I think you guys are going to see him there for 10 years. <laughs> oh, man. Like, Solskjaer, you know, that's the thing with Solskjaer is that, you know, he, he lets himself down with in-game management, right? Okay, cool. The one thing that, that last season that he did very well is against the big teams, right? So we did well against the big teams. We, um, you know, we beat City twice. Um, we, we beat Arsenal once and they beat us. Um, and then obviously we beat Tottenham twice and so forth. Yeah. You know, we did well against the big teams. Uh, but yeah, but also, how, how did they beat the big teams, though? They beat the big teams by playing with the small team mentality in a way, sitting deep, denying them. That's counter-attacking football. There's something called counter-attacking football. Um, and, 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 and you know, yes, it's a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Against, against Tot Tottenham, we, we outclassed Tottenham. You know what I mean? So there was no <laughs> counter-attacking at Tottenham. We only played a counter-attacking um, system against against Man City. That's the only team we play counter-attacking against. You know what I mean? Um, so, so, so they won. They won against bigger teams uh, with with a certain system. So he did well in those uh, matches against big teams, but against the smaller teams, he he struggled. So as you as you saw again on 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 uh, on, on Saturday, that's where he struggled against a smaller team. And and you know it's it's a matter of just his tactics to start off with. Um, you know, starting Dan James on the right wasn't was I don't think it was the right decision. But I think also he was trying to send a message to the board and saying, "Hey, listen, um, I'm going to start Walsh Sonic on the right right hand side." Uh, but that's not even Dan James' best position. Dan James' best position is is on the left wing. You know, uh, that's where he that's where he's uh, played his best football for for Man United last season, and that's where he plays for for Wales as well. It's it's coming from the left, cutting in. You know, on the right hand side, he looks. You know, he, he just he doesn't catch it on the right on the on the right side. So I think that was social trying to give a message to say, "Hey guys, listen, I, I need a right back. I mean, I, I need a right wing." You know, um, yeah. I don't think he'll he'll 
you know, if 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 he has poor results, um, no man, the club will, will definitely will definitely fire him because what the club wants is to obviously, as you said, is to get into top four, which is which is what the 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 board is now comfortable with, which is which is quite sad because the 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 fans want you know a team just to to challenge, you know what I mean? And yeah. and the signings, it's not about Jaden Sancho alone; it's about making signings. You know, even if they got someone else in that position, we would be happy. It's about getting signings. Um, getting reinforcements into the into the team, you know, it's like you know, Spurs fans were angry. What do they do? They they sign um, Bale and and Regulon. You know what I mean? So so then the fans are now happy. It's a good mood. It's a good vibe. It's a good energy within the team. You know, Spurs against Everton and Spurs against Southampton, two different teams. You know, there's already a different change in mood. You know, what I mean? um, you know, uh, obviously it will end at some point because you know how Jose is. Yeah, um, um, so I, I completely agree with you. We can keep talking about United for like the next two hours, but we've given them 17 minutes of my life, and that's far too much for a guy like me. So we're going to move over to the next <laughs> game. That's going to be Arsenal-West Ham. Um, Arsenal-West Ham, similar situation to what we had at the, the, the Man United-Crystal Palace game, where they're both hosting the game. They're both playing against a team managed by a manager who's very familiar within the league. Um, and yet the result was different. Why Why is this, Wonga? How are you feeling? Why is it different? What did Arsenal do that United couldn't do to get the ball, to get the result across the line? Yo, um, to be honest, I think we're, to be very honest, I think we're very fortunate to get out there with the win. Um, but we did. And how it happened, I can't, I, I, I can't really put my finger on it, honestly, but... What I can see that's different with Arsenal when I watch them play is that they, there's, there's, I think there's a bit of a more of a purpose behind, uh, behind their playing. And when I say that, it's, you can see that this is what the coach has taught them. I mean, I mean, they're not, not, not that he was taught them, but he's actually he's putting the idea on them, and everyone's agreeing with it. They under, everyone understands what needs to be done, and yeah. they are trying to implement it. And I can, you can, you can see that because. Um, what re- reaffirmed that for me as well was watching them play yesterday, last um, last night against the. Uh, I know we're not jumping on. I mean the EFL, but I mean watching the EFL as well. You saw it's literally the same thing. They, you can see everyone, despite there being, I think he made seven changes. Everyone understands what needs to be done, and the players are getting in there. That, I think that's also a good thing as well. I think the character. He's also looking at the characters of the players. He's not just getting a player because they're good. He's actually looking at um, the characters of the player. Will he do what I tell him to do? Because everyone out there is, uh, it's, it's, I think it's superb. And I mean, the new defender, Gabriel, oh, geez, it's, it's so nice yeah. watching a defender that can defend. I mean, he's a good player, but he, if there's one thing I'm going to be critical about him when I was watching the game against West Ham is that his decision-making with the ball in the air isn't as, isn't as great as what it should be. I mean, he is a young player, but it's mm. almost like he's second guessing. So his timing with the head wasn't too great. But everything else is pretty good. Yeah, that's for me. That, that's yeah, with the header, that's probably that's fine. But for me, what's very important is the, I mean, the one v ones. And I think with yeah, in a corner, I think yes, the headering does become a bit of a thing. But with David Luiz, like when when he played, it was yo. I mean, get in the box. And he doesn't get the ball. Okay, fine. I just chip the guy. Okay, penalty. Yeah. Then I did it a couple of times. That, that for me, that erratic thinking, yo, it, I just can't deal with it. And I think Gabriel, for me, I'm a bit easy watching the game. So it's much more, it's pleasurable watching the game now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and do you think the, the game, to be fair, I think Tierney is also just showing how important he is to this Arsenal squad because he got injured just before yep. the game and they had to put in Klozinac or whatever his name is to replace him. And I think there was a bit of an imbalance there when he wasn't playing. Yes, no, you're right. Yeah, thanks for bringing that one up. Um, yeah, you're definitely right. Tierney, also very liked, I liked him a lot um, when I watched him first play. I think he had a good first game and I would also put him in every squad up. Uh, I mean that 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 starts. I mean, I pretty maybe starting lineup, and yeah, having him out the squad, yeah, you could see it is a big difference. Kasanich, uh, yo, he's just not too sure about him. One day you're gonna get a good game, like he plays brilliantly, and yeah, bombing forward, putting in the crosses, but then one day he's just flat, you know, just nowhere to be found. But Tyranny, I think yeah, there's a bit of more consistency in him. I think yeah. Wanga, for your sake, I mean, when you start winning games and you're not the better team. I think that's yes. that's a really good yeah. sign. Um, yeah. Listen, it is game two, so let's not mm. get ahead of ourselves. But I think yes. I think Liverpool, Claudio, you can speak for them. There were there were points in the season last year where you were winning one nil and two one, mm. and you were just getting over the line. And you know, at the end of the day, you create your own luck. So if you can start mm. winning matches um, and not necessarily playing well, I think that's a mm. good sign. So hopefully, they can continue. Um, yeah. we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. But the, the yeah. one thing I want to say is the one thing I, the one thing that does bother me a bit about Arsenal is you can see it's a very it's very similar to what Man City do when they pass the ball back to the keeper. The two, I think the right back and the left back, I'll call them because they they're playing with uh, those those wingers as well. So left back and right back, they obviously open up wide. They literally on the the goal line. They open up on the mm. goal line. You can see it always happens. The one thing I just don't like is every time they're playing it back to the keeper. Sometimes, at times, it looks like even yesterday as well. I think they, there was a time they nearly got caught out with it as well. Yeah. And but I, I mean, yeah, it's worked a bit. I can see that, but it's only two yards, yeah, two games actually. I mean, next thing you know, yeah. it's going to be ten games. How many but, times will that thing fall to you? Two games in, and you can see there's some sort of game plan. I think that's the difference yeah. between the Arsenal at the moment and the United. But one thing I, I like towards the end of last season for Arsenal, what I couldn't understand was why Lacazette wasn't getting much of a game time or even under, under Mr. Uh, Slytherin house. What's his name? Emery was yeah. that I couldn't understand why Lacazette wasn't playing. I was like, the man's a finisher. But when I yeah. watched him against Saturday or on Saturday against West Ham, the man's decision-making is absolutely shambles. Like everything else, he's really good in the, in the small, in the six yard box. He scores goals. Mm -hmm. His build-up play is poor. He doesn't know when to make the pass. His running's a bit off. And now I don't know if that's because he hasn't been playing, but he clearly has a connection with Aubameyang. But apart from that, he did everything wrong on Saturday. He got his goal. But then they brought in Keita, and you can see why Arteta's leaning towards him. Because he's a young player. He can get a goal, and he's a player that the coach can mold, in a way, coming for the future. And I think that's, I think, like, his stays are numbered. I don't know how much longer he's going to last at the club. Yeah, look, I feel, like I said, look, when I watched Maybe he's good at coming off on the bench, but I every time he came off that bench last season, he I think the decision making was actually quite quite good. Um he was trying to do I was trying to trying to combine with other players and yeah, most I mean Clint quite a few times he, he got um I think more than so often. Was it a bad game on the weekend? I think maybe it was a more more of a bad game for him because for me, I, when I watch him, when I saw him play when he came, I I was even of the opinion that look, this guy should start more games. Definitely, yeah. Put him and the bombing on the field, like make it work. 
You know, I that's that's what I would do. Make it work with the best players. Like yeah. I said, you know we can finish. Aubameyang, yeah, we know we can score goals as well. You need goals. Liverpool have three goal scorers up front. And I think that's why they probably... Well, they, the whole team can score. They're all on the goal line. Jeez. They have two, don't forget, man. They're all on the goal. The goals. Huh? <laughs> They have two. <laughs> have two goal scorers. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, think, the, I think that's the way to yeah. win. Have more. The more goal scorers you have, the more what's goals you'll get. What's 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 happening with Uzil, man? I saw that they're saying that um, um, he hasn't. Um, he's not training properly or whatever. He doesn't see. Obviously, Arteta doesn't doesn't want to say. I don't see him. I don't. I don't see a future for him. But he's almost kind mm. of trying. No, right now there's no space for him in the, in, in the squad. In the match day squad, mm. yeah, I read that as well. Yeah, look, you see, you don't know with him, and for me, I'm not even concerned about him now because I feel like he's not part of the team, so I don't even count him in. Um, my one, like, literally, I don't count him in the team. That's shaking his head. Why are you shaking your head there, Matt? Yeah, <laughs> I just I remember when Ozil joined Arsenal and it was like, what? Mess up, fucking Ozil, where did that come from? <laughs> He was he was great, but now the guy doesn't want to play. Like what must what must we do now? Like we pay yeah, high wage and he's not playing. Like it's it's incredible. For me, I'm not gonna Mate, frustrate myself about that. Ages, and then you're stuck with them when they're not performing anymore. I think yeah. Arsenal challenge at the moment is they've done some fantastic work. You look at, I mean, it's early days. It's two games in, and this week will be a big test. But they look a mm. lot more solid, more sensible. I think that's the word I'd use about Arsenal. This yeah. season compared to the last, they just look so much more sensible. And that's yeah. probably yeah. the absolute having reach because he was always a little bit not quite there. But now they need to build bit. on. You're going to win stuff just being sensible. You've got to have that something more that puts you over the edge. And you know, like talking about Lacazette, he does a little bit here and there. He can finish. But Ozil Kup was that player. You know, he was your something extra that you could put on and he'd, he'd, he'd make something happen. Yeah. As much as he's being phased out of the side, he's not been realistically replaced. Aubameyang, for all that he is, is not quite... He doesn't do what Ozil did, not by a long stretch. Yeah. And that's what Arsenal will need is just... If we're not going you know, to make Ozil work, we've got to find that other person, that somebody else who can unlock doors and, and you know, make it a bit more exciting up front. But, it's, it, I mean, yeah. it's great that they're a bit more solid at the back and they're a bit more calm under pressure. Uh, but it'll be cool to see if that lasts into this weekend. I mean, doing it against West Ham is one thing, but doing it against Liverpool is quite another. So yeah, I agree. I agree with you there, um, uh, Matt. Even um, I remember when when Arsenal, I think it was two seasons back, also played. Uh, Arsenal came back from a three uh, 0 loss with with um, three 0 three goals down from I think it was when I think the season before Liverpool won this trophy. I think last season before last. With 3 0 down, it was December because I remember I was in Eastern Cape. Um, and Uzul was the guy who turned it around, and, and it, it required something special. And he was that guy who turned it around. And you're right, I think, yeah, we need to find someone to replace him, right? Yeah, if yeah there's, a lot, him, talk, someone should there's replace a lot of talk about for the replacement about Jorginho coming into Arsenal. How do you feel about that? Leaving Chelsea, joining the ranks of the, the Gunners. Well, William. we'll score the penalties. Jorginho, for me, I don't know about it being a replacement for 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 Uzo, but surely he's he's like uh, I can't get a play in my head. But I mean, at times you can, he breaks down a lot of play by winning very clever fouls. Um, the one you've been the receiving well, end of it many times, not getting a card for it. It's the most annoying thing. 
but he yeah. he's, he's, a, he's had quite a bit there. You can see that. Look, it's game. It's late for that, and he'll do a nice tactical foul there, get back, um, and stop play for the other team. I think he does that very well. He did it against. I think he did it once or twice against um, Liverpool, but yeah, it didn't work. But yeah. yeah. So so to sum up um, the Arsenal game and what what Wonga's thoughts with regards to Jorginho is he's saying is that he's a poor man's uh, Jorginho. Uh, he's a poor man. Fernandinho, sorry, for, I'm getting all of the English. <laughs> is a poor man, Fernandinho from Man City. Right, we're going to move to the next game and we're going to get um, Nick talking here. So Nick, let's talk. Yeah. Okay, well, I think I had spoken to you, Claudia. I was, I was overseas, I was in Durban and yeah. high hopes, high hopes. I mean, I watched us absolutely batter West Ham um, and I thought... I thought quite a half decent West Ham team, and I mean all the signings sort of got involved. We had Jeff Hendrick, we had Callum Wilson scoring. Um, Andy Carroll had a great game. I mean, who who would have thought that he'd be he'd be one of our pivotal players? And then we go home to a Brighton side that on paper looked very underwhelming. Um, although they did all right against Chelsea the week before, yeah. they absolutely battered us from minute one to minute ninety-six. <laughs> They absolutely annihilated us. And I don't know. I was trying to figure it out whether they were that good or we were that shit. Um, I think it was a bit of both. Um, if I could give you a positive, I would probably be here for the next three and a half hours because I'd probably have to speak about Steve Bruce's haircut or something like that, his hairdo, because there was absolutely nothing to talk about. I, I, was, I, was with a, I was with a family member who's not really – he doesn't follow football at all. And he just said to me, he's like, Looks like all of these oaks have corona. So I was like, well, they probably do. I thought they were they probably they probably on the piss the night before. But to be fair, it was very it was it was much much um of of a of a performance that I would should I should expect more often. I get very excited when we win. Um, but I need to learn not to get very excited because we win on the odd occasion and then we lose frequently after that. So um, it is what it is. I yeah. am still hopeful. We won last night. We beat a League Two team 7-0. Seven, so that, there's something there. Um, but against the Spurs side, who looked really good on the weekend, I am not as hopeful. However, when we do play the bigger sides, we tend to we tend to somehow raise our game. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if he prom- promises them bacon sandwiches at halftime or something. If if the lads do all right, because I don't know, I, I honestly don't think the guy's got a plan B. Um, Steve Bruce, he is what he is. He's done what he's done in football, but he's going to keep you in the league, and that's about it. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, with with a squad that we have, I think we we could be doing a little bit better. Um, yeah. I don't know, just in my opinion, on a on a if you want a bright uh, for Brighton, uh, a really good. Sort of, um, you know, player that I thought that Lamptey on the on the on the right, right back position, yeah. he is he is world class. I, mm. I read a tweet that someone said he might be playing in, for Barcelona by Munich in the next two three years. He's really good. Um, mm. uh, that was the only thing, like from a footballing perspective, I thought that was rather wow. decent. From 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 watching it with my dad uh, on the on the on the TV, he's just, sort of just swearing at the TV saying that they're absolutely shite. But I was like, well, that kid's really good, though. 
He he, yeah. he absolutely battered us for, I think he was on for 60 minutes and then he got injured because I think John Joe Shelby just got sick and tired of being being <laughs> taken the full of and kicked him too many times. So unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, that's the joys of, of being a Newcastle fan. We win one week, we lose the next, and we'll probably lose the next and the next and the next. And we might win, hopefully, by the first week of October. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you know, you know what I found interesting is that okay, I found the 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 back four, your Newcastle back four, just when I was watching it over, they were all over the place. It literally looked like yeah. schoolboy. I don't know if they say it often, schoolboy defending. I don't know if um, the new signing, the youngster Jamal Lewis, there at left back. I feel like he had a tough introduction there at Newcastle. And so yeah. he's just got Norwich, literally leaking goals left, right, and centre, and he's moved into Newcastle, where you would think yeah. he's playing next to more senior players. Yeah, and I, it kind I mean. Of, I agree with you, and I had this argument with my dad. My dad's very ruthless when he talks about the players that play for Newcastle. If you think say shit, like, get your dad. So, <laughs> yeah, he's he's written off Jamal Lewis after last weekend. Um, <laughs> but to be honest with you, he was playing against a really good left back. Uh, I'm sorry, right right back in in Lamptey. Um, but it, it's not really an excuse, to be fair. Um, there was one moment where I had a I had a screenshot of Jamal Lewis. I don't know if you remember when you guys used to play school football and they would have three defenders and then there would be the sweeper right at the back, like three meters yeah, behind. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what they had. And they played yeah. the whole of their front three on side for about 40 yards with their midfielder carrying the ball towards our box. It was, I couldn't believe it. I really it couldn't. Wasn't, it wasn't their midfielder, it was their striker. And it was the guy who was I'm going to call Nalpe. Nalpe, it's just funny. <laughs> it's funny yeah, that he's yeah, 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 yeah. But the guy yeah, but, picked up yeah. the ball for Halfway yeah, yeah, the and no one, no one closed him down. Yeah. They just jockeyed him all the way until he paid yeah. possible yeah. back and had his time. He even took a touch, curled yeah. it bottom right. It's crazy, man. No, it was, it was, and it could have been more. To be fair, I don't think, I don't think they keep it. I don't think he had a save to make. And unfortunately, it just shows you how the Premier League is. If you're not going to show up, you can't show up one week and then not the next. They were just on the ball. You know, they just wanted it a little bit more. And at home, mm. I would have expected a little bit more. You know, John Joe Shelby getting on the ball, whipping those balls in from deep. I mean, there was nothing. There was no movement. There was no energy. It was flat. People blaming each other. Uh, uh, it's just, I'm used to it now. And I must just stop getting so attached because I do. After a win, I'm like, my team's yeah. so good. But, but to um, be fair, though, I will say this, though, Nick. You know, the home games. We're talking about Man United playing at home, Arsenal playing at home, you guys losing yeah. at home. It's just interesting that without the fans, the yeah. home... Yeah. The home fixture doesn't seem like there's much of a difference. Yeah, and I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that has to like, yeah, exactly, like a training session. I wonder if that's got to contribute to the weekend averaging 4.2 goals a game this weekend yeah. for the Premier League. It's one of the highest returns yeah. ever. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I, I, like in terms of, and to be fair, I'm not saying Newcastle's a big club, but I'd say it's a bigger club than Brighton. And I mean, if you look at a, a Crystal Palace going to 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 a Man United, is an opportunity for them to go and play on a nice field without the pressure and go showcase yeah. why they should maybe be playing in a Man United shirt or why they should maybe be playing at St. St. James's Park. You know, um, I, I do think the stronger teams at home, you might find, and you're right. As long as the fans stay away, it might be tough for them to to sort mm -hmm. sort of uh, get it get it going. Mm -hmm. You know, so. That's a fair point. Definitely does play a part, man. I think you know St James's Park is a is a is a big stadium. You know, it's one of the top ten in terms of um, uh, 
opportunity. So I think the whole the whole fans thing does play a big part, man. You know, so I think uh, you know going to Anfield isn't imposing. You know, that's why Leeds could probably be so fearless. Um, and then obviously yeah, at Old Trafford <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, I mean, so it, it, it levels up the playing field. I think having the no, uh, having no fans, but yeah, I, you know, Newcastle, man, yeah. uh, it's so, scary. Uh, yeah. One week you win, one week you lose. Uh, but it's the hope. It's the hope that kills you, Nick. Yeah, it's the hope that kills you, man. You hope kills you, man. That's why I drink. That's why I drink. Did anyone see the sending off? That um, is it, Basoma from Brighton. Yeah. You see, he's okay. off there. But no. was oh, I, like, I thought it was a little bit. It was a little bit unfortunate for him, but it was horrific if you see it. Like it was very reckless. Like he just yeah, was reckless. swung I his think, boot back. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, like for me, it was I was in between two minds. I'm like, this guy's just trying to add some flair. I, I suppose the argument is there's no one. There's no one in the stand to give that flair to. So you like oh. you know, yeah. <laughs> but but it's still. It's like, yeah, I'd, I'd see if I was if I was a player, I'd be pissed off if I got that red card. I'm not gonna lie. I understand like if you're the player on the receiving yeah. end, you'd be crying until you looked up and saw the guy getting his marching orders. But I think yeah, no, I'd be I'd be livid if I got that. But right, let's move on. We're gonna move on to. Box I think he's office. injured now, though. I think he's injured. Broke his nose. Yeah, I think I think I think his whole face was gashed up, so he might not play this weekend. Oh, okay, Jamal, well, Jamal Lewis. So my dad will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're going to move to box office now. Um, the reason I'm saying this is because they got the special one. We know Mourinho. And look look at Matt. He's literally on the edge of the, on the, the edge of his seat. And, you know, he was meant to make <laughs> appearances in the previous two weeks, but he wasn't there because his team was doing a bit um, – they were performing poorly. And now all of a sudden, miraculously, the man shows up. So yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, well, this this was the, the the Spurs of old. You know, they were fun to watch. We we could have we could have lost the game. We could have won the game. It was dependent on flashes of brilliance from two amazing players. It was it was really fun. It was. I mean, the first half was horrible. It was you know a reminder of everything we've been doing wrong for so long. The passes weren't making, weren't getting to where their their targets. Everyone was all over the place. I'm still not fully convinced that Dyer is ready to step into the centre of defence and you know carry that. So there's a lot going on. A lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of work to still do, but the second half was just vintage Spurs. You know, it was all out attack. Forget doesn't matter who's in goal, just go for it, and and it worked. And, and Harry Kane and and Son, they just they showed what they can do together. They are a fantastic pair. They they they've always been really good at assisting one another. You look at the numbers. I think they're sort of the, one of the top pairs over the last few years of, in terms of goals and assists as a as a pair. And it showed they they've got a psychic knowledge of where the other one's going to be it was really good to see so i think if we can play more like that i'll be happy you know that's it's the spurs way it's it's we don't go out and bore the team to death it's, it's supposed to be exciting football supposed to make get get you on the edge of the seat and as a spurs fan i know that very often you get from the edge of your seat to the a, a, a pit of despair because we lose but it's i want to have fun i want to feel excited i want to feel i want to feel like i did at the end of, of that game last weekend so if, it, if we can keep that going i won't be too upset it's not the Mourinho way. Yeah, man. He doesn't play like that. That's not, it's not how he sets up sides. But if, you know, if we can have a few more games like that, I won't be upset. Hmm. Yeah, well, if, I mean, if, if they keep going that way, then get your three goals and set up like the normal Mourinho shutting shop and you guys will be all right. I just found it interesting that while you were talking about this, 
Cello was on his phone. He lost interest. And he's kind of like, why could Mourinho not do this when he was at United? Something along <laughs> well, those man. lines. That's what I was thinking. Mourinho did well in second season, man. Um, um, so, so, listen, well done to Spurs. You know what I mean? I just want to see how long it lasts. I'll be <laughs> to see how Bale does once, he, once he's fit again. Um, and yeah, man, Son, Son and Kane have always been a good partnership, man. Passing to one another. Uh, that, those are those are um, Tottenham's um, most dangerous players consistently. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying about Dyer because I, I said this, I think, uh, last week's show, two weeks ago, I said Eric Dyer is not the guy to be in centre center of defence. And I thought you'd play, you'd actually play Sanchez and, and Alderweireld together, which is a better, yeah. which is a better pairing than, than, than Dyer. Man. Dyer is just, he, he looked better in the centre of midfield, just in front of the defence, you know. Um, that, 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 but centre-back, and he's, he's yeah. not the I one. Think, he, you can never doubt his, his commitment. He's always he's always a hundred percent involved. He's going to get exactly where he wants to be. But it's just whether or not he's as good a defender as someone like Sanchez. That's the question. And I just I don't know. Maybe although there's been talk that now with these new signings, um, that we could change to a three-four-three kind of formation, and that might favour it more because then if he's in a central three rather than a central two, yeah. there'd be less yeah. pressure on him to to get every decision right. So sure. that could end up working, um, but whether or not, you know, if it's, I still think we're a little bit light in central defence. With Luzer for Tomlin was a big loss. You know, I mean, like he's older now; it was time for him to move on, whatever. But it's we haven't yeah. adequately replaced him, and the centre midfield still feels a bit light. You know, I love Harry Winks, obviously he's local boy and all of that, but it's it's still not. I don't know. We still don't feel as solid in the middle as as we have in previous seasons and stuff. And I, I think that's yeah. where. That's where I still think we could get found out over the course of a whole season. Uh, but if we get a front three of Bale, Kane and Son firing at the same time, that could be amazing. I mean, sheesh, it'll blow my mind. I'll be so happy. And it's like getting the band back together. You know, Ledley King on the bench, assistant manager, Bale on the pitch. I, I want them to call up Berbatov and... Get in the band back together. free kick specialist. You say the midfield is a bit, a bit light, but what about like what did you think of uh, Dombele's performance? He was really good, and he did the same thing at the beginning of last season. He had a couple of really promising performances at the beginning, and then I don't know whether you know you never know what goes on in the in the back. How hard he works in training. If Mourinho doesn't like something he sees, and then he seems to fade away. I hope because he is a solid player. From what I saw, I mean, I didn't know, I don't watch a lot of European football, so I didn't know a huge amount about him before he joined Spurs. Um, but uh, since then, I've done a bit of research. And he does look a quality player. I think he could do a lot of, could do some good work. And we are missing that kind of, that muscle and meat in the middle, which he could bring. Yeah. Um, well, he definitely he, has a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Some... I don't know. I don't know if he's not playing because uh, Mourinho knows well, he's got like yeah. a Benny McCarthy cupboard of like, chocolates at home or something i'm not sure if that's yeah. the deal but he did seem to like boss people around in the midfield on the weekend yeah no, he's a strong man he's a strong man he's definitely he's definitely something that that spurs need in that midfield i think if you just start him and, and harry Riggs in the midfield uh or start yeah. him with um it'll be it'll be it will bear fruit you know i think i think what yeah. you said about that three four three will be actually will actually be a good formation because it will get the best out of matt doherty on the on the right wing back and then Regulon is, is a very much uh, attack-minded left uh, left back, so that, that actually could be a, a nice um, formation. It's just obviously I think then in your in the defense um, you don't have options 
for the three-man defense. It's like you only have you only have three center backs, so you have you have no one else um, to come on. You know, which is actually quite bad. Yeah. The fact that you have three center backs. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I find I find it two two things quite interesting is that one, Son Son isn't like he must be a super frustrating player to be having part of your club because you know he can reach certain heights where you're like shit yeah. one day you're like this guy's doing the same thing Salah's doing and Mane are doing and the next week the Oaks completely lost and then the other thing is you've got Deli Ali Deli Ali what's going on with him is he going to leave the club is he staying isn't he going you know Mourinho's not buying into whatever he's, he's selling at practice yeah it, it's it's a shame but in truth Ali hasn't really been performing if you look the last two seasons he hasn't quite hit where he was um, and I wonder, a change might be better for him, you know, the, the right kind of club. I don't think he's not the kind of player he's not going to move down the league. And he probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, I, I saw some stuff linking him with PSG, which I think would be pretty outlandish. But it could actually work out really well if you think about it. A club like PSG, which is an elite side, so he'd be happy to go there. And they have a fairly, they're very dominant in their league. He could do some, he could really have some fun there and probably score a lot more goals. It might kind of reignite his career. And also, given the kind of player that he is, he, he, he thrives sort of sitting behind the striker, sort of that attacking mid, very advanced attacking mid kind of player. And we're probably not going to need that going forward. Just the way we're likely to set up. If we do go to a 3-4-3, yeah. there's no room for someone sitting behind Harry Kane. It's not going to work. So it might be time for him to, to find a new challenge, which would be a huge shame because he was he was part of that fun bunch, you know, the, the yeah. Pochettino kind of glory years. It'd be a, it, it's, you know, seeing Vertonghen go, seeing seeing them barely leave last season it's it's like it's, it's the end of a certain kind of era which is a real bummer and it, it will be really really sad to see him go but it might be better for his development and and, and ultimately better for, for you know the, the club as well not to have sort of a slightly a player of his shape not making it into the squad i'm sure that's a negative kind of drain it's back to yeah. the Ozil. it must be weird for the arsenal players working their asses off all weekend and seeing him not doing anything much and earning as much as he does that kind of influence is, is maybe better to move on if you can so yeah, and if, and if I don't know if you guys, anyone here, has seen the All or Nothing documentary with Mourinho, and um, obviously towards the end of last season, anyone been watching it? So I mean, there's been there have been moments where Dalielli, he, like he comes in and he's not happy with the result and he sulks and he sulks blatantly in front of everyone, and then Eric Dyer has a go at him and vice versa, and I think once that happens. It, it's easy to like start pointing people out and moping around and sulking like a baby. I mean, Nick will know and uh, Mong will know in terms of from their coaching experience. But it's another thing that when you've done nothing in the game, but yet you're pointing fingers. And that also brings me to the point where I think you've got a, a Dyer playing a centre-back. Is it the solution? No, it's not. We know it's not because Tottenham are being linked with a centre-back from Inter Milan. He's, he's a Slovakian player for £59 million. Pounds. Yeah, they don't want to pay it. They want to pay half of that. But I think yeah. the reason Dyer is playing is because he's a, he speaks Portuguese. Mourinho understands him. I think he is trying his best. So Mourinho is gains his trust and vice versa. And that's why he's, he's getting game time. Mm, true, true. There's a relationship there. Oh, yeah. I think he, tried to, he, he tried to buy, I think he tried to buy Dyer a few times in his career. Yeah. Um, he was quite open about that. I mean, he... Yeah. I think he he followed his progress because he did his youth football in um, his youth development was in Portugal. I think it's yeah. Yeah, it and um, yeah, I think he's I think he's liked the fact that he's a player that will do A, B, and C if you ask him to do A, B, and C. He doesn't do everything else uh, or yeah. anything else. He's 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 a Mister Reliable if you 
want to call it that, but his sort of faults have come through recently. Um, I know from coaching, if I can get a player that will die for me on the field, I generally will put him in the liner. So I, I understand the method to the madness. Um, but a, a team that was finishing second in the Champions League a couple of or two seasons ago, or a season ago. I don't know, mm. you can't be just looking at sort of the tried and trusted because you trust them or because you yeah. have a relationship. So it is a fine line. I know coaches are sort of, they think that way. So I don't know. I, I think that's why he's there, to be honest with you. Yeah. He does put in, he puts in the hours, you know, he really, the, he's a solid player in, in the sense that he'll always do what you, what you what's asked of him. And he also yeah, doesn't yeah. mess around. You know, he's a real. He'll, he'll, he he gets involved and pushes, his, makes himself known. He'll never shy away from the game. He, he very rarely has an anonymous game. Even if he has a bad yeah. game, he's out yeah. there. Which I think is is it's an important thing. And also, picking on one player in the Spurs squad at the moment is a bit harsh because, as a squad, for the most part, the entire squad is kind of, you know, not not performing great. And I'm saying that as a Spurs yeah. fan, like we, we, I'm watching us. We're not playing as well as we were maybe you know, a year ago, it's even Harry Kane at times has looked not quite himself. He's not quite as sharp in, in some games. Yeah. He's probably just exhausted because he's been playing so much football over the last three years. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. Ali and Dyer and, and even to a certain extent, Nora has had quite a quiet period, in, you know, after the highs of getting us into that Champions League final. He's also had some some fairly anonymous games. And I think just as a squad, we're in need of a bit of, of something and maybe the Southampton game did it. Maybe that was a bit of a reminder of what we're capable of, of, of the fun that we can have and, and what how we can influence games. Because that's that's always yeah. been like Spurs strength, is that they'll come in and they'll do something a little bit a little bit mad, a little bit crazy, you know, score five goals in the second half or four goals in the second half. And it it's kind of that bringing that fun back could really change the nature of the entire squad and maybe move us on and and, and give us into a, a bit of a period of, of some positivity. But um, like you, Nick, I've been a Spurs fan my whole life, so I know that it's equally possible that we'll go up against you and concede seven. So, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, we just don't know. This weekend, don't give me actually, a huge game for both sides, you know, for, for Newcastle and Spurs, um, yeah. simply because of, of the nature of both clubs. Well, if, if Spurs win, it means two on the road, two, two losses in a row for Newcastle, and it could be the start of a horrible run. Um, yeah, and if, yeah. if Newcastle win, then Spurs and then all that positive energy from the Southampton game and then you just wonder how it'll impact. So, so, 100%. You see, like when we, when I look at Spurs well, I just, you see, it's, it's very, like you see the time with, when uh, Pochettino was there, that was, geez, for the first time, I honestly admit that, yeah, you're a bit worried playing Spurs, you know, and especially where Arsenal was playing. You're like, yo, yeah. yo, yo, can't be playing against this team. And they were, they were hot. I can't even lie to you. Son, mm. Kane, Lucas. Yeah. Those guys were hot. Ericsson as well. They were combining. You could see they were loving what they were doing. And Pochettino was clearly, clearly making a difference. And that's why, obviously, everyone wanted. I mean, there were bigger clubs now wanting Pochettino. But now, when I see them under Maruno, it's it's not it's nothing close to there. And I honestly feel that Spurs still have a long long way to go to be. Last, like when they were Pochettino, yes, they were challenging for the title. They were truly challenging for it. And they would, yeah, their team were. could. Now, when I look at them, like after watching the first game, yo, yo, I try to watch it. I want it was dead. It was dead, dead, dead. And then now the next game, it's it's they're scoring. I mean, there's seven, there's seven goals in the game. I also think it was a result that Southampton also not having a good start as well. They also flat as well. I think it's a huge factor in uh, Spurs, in Spurs. Um, 
In Spurs, uh, in Spurs oh. defense and in Mourinho's defense, the man has won a trophy wherever he's gone. So I think that's why mm. Vete Levy brought him in. And I think True. he will win something. I don't know where you're going to finish in the league, but he will. If the league, if the league position is maybe slipping for him, he's going to put all his eggs in one basket and go for something. Because at the end of the day, he's a serial winner, and that's. I, I still look up to him as a coach. I I admire him immensely, even though he's maybe a bit past it in terms of maybe adapting the way he plays. But he, mm. we can't deny the man's a successful coach. I mean, I honestly yeah. think, Nick, the, honestly, for me, I think all he has right now is Gareth Bale. Yeah, I think good. that's honestly the truth. That that's that's the only thing that'll save him now. Top four is Gareth Bale. You got to get him that's off the golf course right. first, though. Yeah, that's you, can, that's on my always on the golf course. <laughs> 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 But the that, night, that's like, if that guy can perform, Spurs, Maruno's safe. Yeah, Spurs, are gonna, Spurs, Spurs with Bale are a different entity different Spurs than Bale. But I still think Spurs have got a solid squad. I don't think the problem has been the, the, the players in the squad. I think the challenge of the last week, the right motivation, the right system, just getting the right performances out of them. Um, and, yeah. and I feel like Mourinho has a proven success. He's an amazing coach. Whether or not he's right for Spurs was always kind of the debate. Because even... When Spurs was at Chelsea and everybody, uh, when Mourinho was at Chelsea and everybody in the world wanted him, even then you'd look at him and think, but he's not really a Spurs manager because Spurs have never yeah. played, you know, hold the line, hold the lead yeah. kind of. We've always conceded slightly less than we've scored over the course of the season. We've never, so we've never you been a, a Mourinho. And I think that's that's kind of the, the big thing for us. It'd be awesome to win a trophy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, in, in the course of my life, we've not won many. So it'd be great to win one. And if Mourinho delivers that, I'll, I'll be really happy. But I don't, I still, and I think a lot of Spurs, Spurs Tottenham fans feel that way, where we're still not 100% sure that this this relationship is the right one for us. You know, this yeah. is, he's, he's an amazing coach, but we don't, we've never played that way. We've never played safety first football. And, and yeah. I, and, most of our squad have never played that way. You know, even our defenders yeah. have never really defended first. And I think to see, I think that's going to be the tough thing for the season. If, if Mourinho can stamp his own kind of way of doing things on us, we may see some positive changes. But it may, yeah. it, ultimately, he's got to undo, you know, however many years of us playing kind of gung-ho and just going out for the fun of it kind of football. And I, that's that's going to be a tough thing. And if it doesn't deliver results, the, the fans turn quick because as Spurs fans, we expect to be entertained even when we're losing. And, yeah. so we're playing, and we're playing boring football. People are going to, you know, that we, we and we saw it last season already. And I think that's where, if you see the post-lockdown period where Mourinho, Spurs did quite well in that, you know, project restart. And it was because Mourinho was able to force players to play his way and there were no fans screaming at them to get forward. Yeah, yeah. He so controlled what he control. have benefited from, from having an empty stadium because there's no fans telling us this isn't how we do things. So whether or not that lasts will be, It'll be down to whether or not the results are delivered. I think people are yeah. forgiving. Fans are forgiving when you're winning. And and as the, the, the Everton game showed, if we're not winning, then it's really not fun to play Mourinho's way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm welcome. I'm back, guys. Some some technical missing in action. Missing in action. Oh, he's he's gone again. Yo, no, I'm joking. I was, just, I, was, I was actually just messing with him. I was actually saying, 
Yeah, I had a lot. I had other things I wanted to say there, but um, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I agree with Nick though. I think this season, I do think Mourinho is going to put his eggs in one basket. Will he win a trophy? I, I'm of the opinion he will. But Bale's not playing in the PGA Tour. He will be scoring goals for Tottenham, and I think um, apart from that though, I think like if I've got to compare them to United, I mean when I made my predictions. Two weeks ago, I mean, we all knew our predictions were going to be premature because the the transfer window had transfer window still open. But yeah. now I'm starting to look at it, going if Bale comes in and his foot and this team is riding, it's almost like Bale signing for the club gave the other players a boost. Without even even playing, yeah. they had a good season. It's almost like Son goes, oh shit, if I don't perform, there's a chance True. I'm going to lose my spot in the team. So from that mm. perspective, I'm starting to go, shit, putting United at third. I mean, now I'm starting to question whether or not they're going to f- finish above Tottenham. <laughs> See, it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> Wills will come. Listen, as long as Tottenham have Dyer in the center of defense, they yeah. won't finish United. That's that's the thing. You know, what I mean, Dyer is he's not a solid. He's not a solid defender. You can you can have Gareth Bale all you want. Come on, Dyer still does a job better than Lindelof and uh, Punchy McPunch first. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Dyer is not better than Maguire. Yes, he can. He's maybe the same level as as Lindelof, but. Adam and like he's 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 a weak he's he's a minus one. That's what I, that's what I call him. He, you play with ten men when when you have Dyer on the field, man. Um, Ings, <laughs> you know, like seeing seeing as we're talking about this, I know. I mean, we need to talk about Liverpool at some stage. But if we're seeing you as we're talking about the United, yeah, yeah but the United Maguire thing is an interesting thing. I remember when when Liverpool signed Van Dijk for 79, 75 million pounds. I remember having a conversation with Wonga's cousin, and I said, "This is a bargain." And he says, no, it's overpriced. It's ridiculous. I was like, this is a bargain. Because I saw the man play. I knew his attributes. I knew what he was doing. And when he came, he transformed the team at the back. When you're yeah. spending 80 million pounds on Punchy Mac Pamps Chase, it's like what, what, the, this, the defense still looks like it's in shambles. So for me, it's, it's starting to question like, sure, okay, he's a good player. He's a good player. Was he worth 80 million? I think he's proving he is, wasn't. The problem is with people, um, with people watching right, is that you guys actually forget the fact that Man United conceded um, third best um, defense in the league, right? They conceded about 35 goals, right? It's a huge difference from the season before that. You know what I mean? And that is also Maguire coming in. Yes, he has his weaknesses, but he has made an, a positive influence. You know what I mean? That's the problem is that the problem is the price tag that, that people associate with him is that you then see if he makes a mistake, oh, what a waste of 80 million pounds. That's the, the, that's the thing is he had he has made a positive influence. You know what I mean? It's not about the fact that he's um, he's he's a bad defender. Yes, he's not worth eighty million pounds, correct? But still, he's made a positive influence with Man United. Yeah, and I agree with you. There you have it, folks. Cello admitted that Harry Maguire is not worth eighty million pounds. Yes, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's, that's, that's a given. That's a given. Harry Maguire is worth, uh, I'll say, I'll say forty-five million pounds. Yo, yo. <laughs> what's what's Jamal Lattell's worth then? All right, guys, I think, I think it's about that time. It's about that I mean, time we talk about champions. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, let's, 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 let's dive all, into this. We've all log off so he talks to himself. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, guys. I, I'm not even going to start this conversation. If you watch the game, let's talk no, about Mane, it. I actually wanted for me. Mane because... is an absolute magician. I can tell you yeah. that much. Mane is an absolute <laughs> magician. And 
I've got him. I've had him as my captain for my fantasy team for probably going into last season, probably since November. And I just won't take him out because the minute I took him out last year, he goes and scores a hat trick or he scores a double or a brace. So he's always there and thereabouts. And he yeah. proved it. He proved how good he was against a really good. And we've got to give credit where credit's due. The, that that Chelsea team is 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 going to be up there. They're going to be up there. And I think Lampard was quite honest. I mean, barring the mistake, um, yeah. you know, they were in the game. They were in the game. Um, and and he he's he's a, he's honest with himself as well. He says, "Well, we can't speak about it in hindsight." Um, but that just showed the class of what Liverpool literally ooze. And if you've got a player like Mane, Salah, uh, and then that Thiago just coming in and bossing the show for 45 minutes, it was it, it was great to see. Yeah, he um, broke some record. 45 minutes, yeah. 82 passes. I think it was like 88 touches. He did something ridiculous. He had more touches and passes than Kovacic and Jorginho and Kante. Yeah. And they played 79 minutes to 90 minutes. So, yeah, he just came in and just dictated the tempo of the game. And it was for 10-man Chelsea, the worst thing that could have happened was Thiago being introduced to the game, to be honest. Um, But what I found quite interesting was last week when we spoke, I remember I was unsure what what the result would be. And you guys asked. And I said, well, it's dependent on two factors. Depending on if Pulisic is playing or if Mane shows up. Because Mane, we, we know Mane... He always does well in the, the big games. I captained him in my fantasy week just because I know when it's a big team, big game, money is the guy who produces. Salah tends to take a seat when, uh, when that happens for some reason. But the game was, was tentative because Chelsea did what they had to do. They sat deeper. They waited, as they would. Liverpool had all the possession with uh, Hendo doing a great job in the first 45 minutes. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he was working hard. He was actually changing direction. He was doing what he had to do. But Chelsea actually had more of the chances, largely because of Timo Werner peeling off to the left. And there was one moment for me that was the highlight, 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 highlight of the game, or that first 45 minutes was Fabinho playing centre-back and just taking him out one-on-one. And that's also the question is, when you've got a a centre midfielder, defensive centre midfielder, who's a better centre-half than, I think, three or four of the United centre-halves, then United really got to be scratching their head. Sorry, I'm, it seems like I'm having a go at, at Settle's team today, but I'm really not. I'm just nah, saying. better than all of them. All of them. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that for me was a highlight. I was like, Jeepers, we've got, we've got Van Dijk, who's always fit. Then we've got the other two that are fighting for who's injured the most between Gomez and Matip. And mm. Fabino just said, cool, well, you know, I, 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 it's a pity Moss is not here because I used to hate playing center back when I was a midfielder. But mm. the man's doing the job. So it's a big question as whether or not they do sign another centre-half or whether or not they stick with him. I don't think they're going to sign anyone else. I think they will stick with him. Um. I think you should. <laughs> I think you should because my tip is not a, not a reliable um, in terms of injuries. Uh, I yeah. think you should, you should sign someone. Um, even if it's a, a younger player, uh, maybe a 21-year-old just to come in, um, gain some experience, and then he'll, he'll obviously fill in play some League Cup, play some FA Cup. Um, and then obviously when there are injuries, he can fill in because Matip has had some injury problems. And I think also Joe Gomez, um, he doesn't play well if he's not playing with Van Dijk. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Because like yeah, no, his, I agree. Yeah, when I look when I look at him for England, he's 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 lost. You know what I mean? Um yeah, it's even worse when he when he plays for England with with Dyer. It's two you know headless 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 chickens playing centre back together. You know what I mean? So so I think yeah. uh, you 
need to sign someone. I want to be relying too much on Fabinho um, at, at, at centre-back. Yes, he can fill in, um, you know, and, and, he, and he had a great game, you know. The solid um, team, he had Timo Werner um, easily there. Uh, but people were also overreacting with Timo Werner, man. They were saying that um, um, he's, he's he's a fraud. He's on fraud watch. I, I can't believe people are saying that. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a second Look, game, you know. Everything he did, everything he did looked dangerous. He was actually crazy. Yeah. There was there was, a, there was a moment where I was thinking to myself, I was watching and I was going, jeepers, Liverpool passed, passed on this guy. And um, everything he's doing at the moment looks far more dangerous, than, apart from money. It looked more dangerous than Flamingo as well as Salah. And I was like, yeah. jeepers. Uh, he's super direct. He runs at defenders. He asks a lot of questions. I think the one thing is he needs to get a goal. He needs to get a goal sometime soon because the confidence, you know how it is as a striker. If you're not scoring early on, people start asking questions, especially with the price, the price tag being a thing. I think the price tag affects strikers more than it does defenders, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, and as to Marcus's um, comment there, saying this, this I'm a poor editor. You can go um, swim in a lake, Marcus. Hindo is a Premier League captain that won the freaking Premier League. Okay, I'm going to move on from that. Um, wow, wow. The next thing, let's let's talk. Let's talk about Jota. Liverpool signing Jota. I think we lost we lost a viewer. Marcus, come back. I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Jota signing for Liverpool. What are your thoughts about that, guys? I think it's a solid signing. He's, he's got proven mm. quality. He's played a, you know, yeah. he had a fantastic season for Wolves. I think the and the the system that Liverpool plays, they they needed a couple more players to come in because they play such a high intensity game. They needed a couple of players just to be able to give your front three a break from time to time. And Jota's that kind of player. He's going to come in. He'll challenge for positions as well. He's going to press. He's going to push. He's going to want to be on the the, the the starting eleven. So I think it's a it's a, it's a smart signing. Um and and. Liverpool were quite smart with their signings. They kept it very quiet. You know, there was, and, 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 you know, they got like the opposite strategy to United. United, who were linked with all and sundry, um, to the extent that there was all those welcome to United videos on YouTube for players who subsequently joined other sides in the league. It's a little bit embarrassing. But, you know, Liverpool, it, the other way, where they kept it really quiet, then all of a sudden it pulled out these guys. And it's, it's in the way you said, you know, Bale has kind of lifted Tottenham. There's, there's, there's a lift at Liverpool where they were already yeah. at the height. There was already a team yeah. playing at its best. And now you've got these these new guys coming in and, and pressing them, pushing them to be that little bit more. It's quite exciting. And it showed against Chelsea. You know, Chelsea, like you said, Nick, they're not a bad side. This is a solid side who are going to be expecting to challenge right at the top. But it just showed yeah. the, the difference in the ability to put the game to bed for Liverpool. Yeah. They were clinical. They, they took their chances. They made it count. And and over the course of the season, that's going to really matter. And Liverpool, I think, could be they're showing really positive signs for holding the holding on to their championship. Matt, I think you nailed it on the head, and I think I told you this, Claudio. I think the one thing that City have, um, Man City, this is, is that they have a front three on their bench that they can come in arguably and do exactly what their starting front three would do. And I question whether or not. Liverpool's front three that was waiting on the bench could do the exact same job as what they started in front yeah. three could. And yeah. I, I agree with you. You adding a Jota to that, that is that that is an unreal signing. Um, if we're looking at what sort of longevity and um, the depth that you actually need for the rest of the season, um, mm. I think that will go a long way. And you know what? If he's fighting, you might even find himself in in a couple in a couple of starting starting 11s 
um, in the near future. Um, mm. You never know injuries, Champions League starts, yeah. uh, FA Cup, Carabao yeah. Cup. So he will get his opportunity. And, and Klopp uses his squad well. I think he's not afraid to throw guys in. Um, he gives guys opportunities and, and he gives everyone a chance to really contribute. And I think that was sort of, that was a, a constant sort of theme throughout his his sort of uh, title winning season. I think he looked at, I think one of the boys there, I, I think was it Harvey Elliott, he never got a, a medal, Claudio. Um, yeah. but, I mean, the way he sort of made sure he was up there lifting the trophy, giving him a cuddle, you know, he can see what value everybody adds, you know, and, and I think you yeah, adding a player like that to to the sort of strike force that you guys have already, I, I, I don't know. It's going to be, I don't want to play you anytime soon. Yeah, man. I, I, that's the next question that we, when we talk about the Arsenal-Liverpool fixture. But what excites me about Jota is he's got pace. He's got the intelligence, the intricacies that can pull off the same passes as uh, Firmino. So when Firmino isn't being as effective as what he normally is, because he does, like you said, there are times when he can go quiet. It's just a different type of player. So what excites me is the possibility of having three really pacey guys as well as a guy who can then still link up. But if one of them aren't performing, we've got him who can put them under pressure. And the biggest plus out of all of this is that he's only 23 years old. So yeah. I think there's a huge future for him to come and he's only going to get better playing with those sort of players. Well, yeah. it can go either way, right? It can go like some guys literally stand up to the challenge and they get better and other guys disappear. So yeah. that, it's all dependent on there. But let's move on to the next game. And that is the Wolves City game. Yeah, no, yeah. it was so impressive, man. Yeah, really impressive. Um, they didn't look like they 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 didn't look like they had some players who were who were off. You know, Nathan Ake fitted in well. John Stones even had a had a had a decent game, um, which was which was quite surprising. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was impressed with them. Um De Bruyne, as usual. Um, and it was a different it was a different system. You know, four two three one, whereas normally they play four three three. So it's a different system. Yeah. So I think maybe Pep is tinkering a bit there again, but obviously tinkering for the better. Um, so I'm, um, I think Man City uh, will be, you know, right up there, scoring two goals a game, type 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 um, type this season. They look menacing again. Uh, so they just they just they just look, you know, um, like 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 the team that, that that will definitely be number one or two this season. Um, and I think, um, but yeah, with with, with Mendy, though, I'm still a bit, I'm still a bit um, suspect. Yeah, he's a bit suspect, man. I think also, yes, um, Traore always has, I guess, the better of him uh, in, in in matches against in matches between the two teams. But Mendy, that that side is 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 is, is the weak is the weak side for Man City. I would have thought they would have tried to to bring in a left back, um, but I guess yeah, it'll be Zinchenko and Mendy um, on the left backs, and then yeah, you know, Salah. We'll have a field day with them, you know. Uh, as uh, ZH will have a field day with with Mendy. So many, so many right wings will have a field day with Mendy. Mendy's not a he's not up to scratch as a as a as a as a left as a left back for a, for a for a title challenging team. For me, yeah. I see when I look at when I saw Man City, I'm a bit very yeah I'm, I'm very opposite to Celo. I think I Man City for me look like. At the end of the game, they they they, they scraped away that those three points. I know they scored that last goal in like the dying minute mm. of the games. Um, fair could have been two one uh, finished off like that. It would have still been the same thing. Uh, when I saw first half, yes, Man City were dominating. Um, yeah. Second half, Wolves came back and they were they were a different team. 
Um, there was that, like a 15 minute spell there. Jeepers. Yeah. Four, oh, four, it could have been longer, longer. They were sweating. That could have been 20, 30 minutes. Hey. Uh, that that Podens, uh, is it Podens? How do you pronounce that? Jeepers. Podens. Yay. Yeah, man. Will she bobble there on De Bruyne? That's what that guy yeah, was. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> finished. Gave De Bruyne yeah, through the legs. I mean, he was hot that game, that second half. Let me well, say that. To I be mean, fair, to be fair, if they let go of Jota, who was yes. apart from Jimenez, was the outlet last season. They yes. know they've got something special in Podence that they got from Olympiacos. Also, a young yes. player. But what a game oh, yeah, here! Podence. That's how we say. It. So Podence. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. So yes. he, he, yeah, he, he, he played very well. Um, that second half, and if you saw, I mean, if, if, if you, yeah, you could see differently that sec- first half, who's like this, second half, better team. For me, takeaway from that game was yeah. Wolves are still dangerous this season. Yes, many people have many, uh, some of the main players have been taken away, but they definitely there, they're still a team to watch out for. Man City, yeah. I, for me, I feel they were, they were they were lucky to get away with the three points. One, if 100%. If but, that but defender, if that if that defender, oh, that defender, uh, who was it who gave away the penalty? Um, I thought it was that was it was Saiz center back. That, 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 yeah, see, that, that was the difference in the game. That was the yeah. thing in the game. That was that, the, first off, you know, my thing is, you know, what you're saying is that the reason I think that City got um, the, they weren't dominant second half is because of the lack of preseason. So what they had is that they got had all the energy in the first half, right, mm-hmm. and that dominating. But then because the fitness levels of some players aren't where they're supposed to be, that's where they foul off. And also, also obviously, Wolves, also Wolves, also Wolves obviously impose themselves more in the second half. So it's obviously City um, liking a bit of a, a bit of um, fitness, but also Wolves also just, you know, attacking. So right. I can say that this game is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is how City will perform in the, in the season and, and, and they, won't, they won't do well. You know what I mean? I think that it's just because... Yeah. You know, we also need to say that Wolves but, are good. You know, to, yeah, to, yeah. to, to be a good City, team. Well. I always find with City, like even on a day like this, where okay, they there's questions about whether or not they were at their peak. They still won three one at Wolves, who are a solid side. And yeah, yeah. my fear with as someone who doesn't support City and you know watching them is always they never look like they're a hundred percent, but they're still winning games consistently. And then so it, it you know makes you think there's there's more to come. You know, they could come up. If, if they get a few things right, they get a few players back from injury, whatever they they could do more. And and that's the thing with the Guardiola side is that there there's there's a there's a peak that they could still reach that could just dominate the league again. I think you know I think we we all kind of know it's a two horse race again. It's going to be Liverpool and City, assuming neither of them really mess it up. And I think that that's yeah. that's really exciting. And I think what's going to be kind of interesting to see is whether or if if City do decide to turn it on, if they take it into that next year and they start. You know, if they're playing, they're playing not great and beating Wolves three one at home. Then imagine what they're going to do when they start really firing. I think that's going to be uh, potentially really, really dangerous for the rest of the league. Yeah, look, I agree with both. What to a certain extent, I mean, you guys, what you're saying isn't wrong. But if we're going back to the point of what Wonga was saying, is that yeah, they started slow. We can talk about preseason. The difference in that first half was Wolves weren't the nor- the usual Wolves. They were similar to what you guys are saying with what City were. The difference in that first half, those first 45 minutes, was De Bruyne. That was the difference. That's the quality that they have in De Bruyne. Second half, I mean, 2-0 up, you can see 2-0 up is always a dangerous situation to be in because you, you're more comfortable than what you should be. You concede one goal, yeah. you're in trouble. So they came out a bit, a bit more comfortable than what they should have been, and Wolves just came at them. 
And I mean, Adama Traore, like you mentioned Mendy, Celo. Mendy was a highway waiting to just be run up and down. Everything that yeah. was coming down from, from Wolves for the first 15, 20 minutes was Mendy. That was um, Traore and Podence coming and they were just exploiting the guy. He, was, he wasn't even on the field. The man, he was so petrified of Traore, he would give him two or three meters in space every time. He had the time to take a touch. He had time to look up. He had time to put the ball in the box. They should have been three or four. I mean, mm. at least scored two, two more goals than what they did. So I do yeah. think, like, with regards to what Wong is saying, is can they break a Champions League spot? The difference is, I think, for them now is they've added one or two more players than they usually have. They've just signed Semedo from Barcelona. Semedo. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they do yeah, have yeah. – yeah. the squad is growing. I mean, they've got 10 official Portuguese players. So they're one shy of having a full Portugal 11, Portuguese 11, which is unbelievable. But um, yeah. look, as a Portuguese um, citizen, I'm not opposed to that because what kind of nation would not want 11 of their, their patriots playing in the Premier League? I mean, that's unbelievable. You the most important thing is that their third kit is the Portugal colours. So that's the most important. Yeah, I might be getting that, that kit soon. Just, just because um, it's national duty. I don't. I think if you don't buy it, you might be arrested. I'm thinking you're buying a Portugal kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. that's um, city. If we're going to wrap it up before we go, guys, the predictions for this coming week. We've got Brighton versus Man United. Let's start there. Ah, Man United. Yeah, I, I, I think I don't Man United in a row they, they're gonna have to yeah i mean you know that said brighton brighton had a good performance against newcastle so they're not going to also be a pushover um but i think united are gonna have to pull it off it's this will be a very very awkward call next week if it's not if, if united don't, don't win this Celo might be hoping it's another heritage day next week we, yeah, I mean, Brighton, Brighton have a good team. Uh, and obviously, they've got the confidence of winning against Newcastle. Um, they've played well in two games um, so far. And they also won their League Cup match against Preston. So, yeah, they, they obviously, you know, confidence, confidence is high. But Man United, yeah, I mean, they need to, you know, um, you know get their first points. Um, you know, especially because we already have, we won, we won one game behind. And then we lost. So, you know, we behind if we if we if we lose or draw. Um, and it's not good, it's not a good way to start the season. Uh, and I think I think Solskjaer will start uh, by um at center back with Maguire, which will be good um for the team. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see um what he decides in the midfield because Fender Beck has has has, been, has brought in some 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 fresh energy uh into the team. So I think he deserves a start as well. But it'll be interesting how he put how he implements him uh with the other with the other sentiments. So two one to United. Two one to United from Silo. Matt, if you have to give a score prediction, I reckon two one. I think it'll be close. I think two one's a good prediction. I, I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet. I think Brighton have got goals in them, and uh, so I reckon two one is a good a good prediction. We've got a three one from Savannah. Three two to Brighton. Three two. No, 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 no. I'll give it to Man United, but uh, Terry Maguire again at the back. Just you know. Giving you headaches. Guys, he he's, like a bus. Bus. he's like a, he's like a putt bus. 
Harry Maguire did nothing wrong in the first game, in the, in the game against um, Palace. He's, nothing he's wrong. There's lost the waiting to happen there, man. Come on, Celo. Nothing wrong. Hey, you yeah, just, you've, just, you've just taken the plaster off the wound again, Nick. This is a sore spot for Celo. One go. Prediction. Yo, yeah, I also think Bayard will take it. Um, but I'm of the opinion that they will they will try their best to. I mean, I think yeah, Brighton will be the team to bounce back from to keep a clean sheet as well. And I think they'll try and do it. Um, Debede obviously not happy about the penalty situation. I think yeah, he's going to try his best to make sure that sheet is clean. And I think he can do it against Brighton. Yeah, I think as far as I'm concerned, Brighton are a team that like playing a little bit, and I think that falls bet into the hands of United. They do have a weak spot, which is the left-hand side. And you've got uh, Lamptey on the right attacking for Brighton. So that might be a bit of an issue and they might expose oh, United's yes. flank there. But yeah. there are going to be goals and I think maybe a 3-2. Let's go 3-2. It's going to be an exciting game, I'd say. So, yeah, but to United. That, that's what I'm going with. Um, West Brom, Chelsea, guys. Seeing as Moss is here. Not yet, sorry. What are we thinking Chelsea. there? Chelsea. Um, cool. 3-1 to Chelsea, yeah. West Brom looked... Oof, they, they looked a little bit shaky, yeah? I don't know. They, I don't know. If, I think they're going straight back down by the looks of it. I know Bilic yeah. was livid there, uh, but yeah. I, I think they, there's a couple of highways in that team there. Um, yeah. And I think a team like Chelsea on their day, I think Timo Werner needs to get on the score sheet. I think he might be 100%. able to... To get his get his confidence here and start his season off on a on, on a what better way against a team that's well I mean Son, Son scored four goals than he against them so yeah so I mean at the end of the day what a better team to play I think I think where's the game I think it's at Chelsea correct that's at West Brom it's at West Brom yeah, yeah. I don't see them conceding probably two three nil to to Chelsea that's my opinion. Cool. I see five. They also don't have Bilic. Bilic is also he's yeah. he's not going to be on the on the bench. Red card, red carded, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they won't have Kieran Gibbs either. So yeah, be sure. yeah. yeah be a very three no easy. But this is the Premier League, lad. So we might be be here next week saying what the fuck were we saying? Be a two one to West Brom. West Brom have that have that guy who, who hit that amazing free kick um, as a Pereira. I left the left the left footer the left footer. He had a, he had a free kick against Everton. Is that Jay Rodriguez? I don't know if you know. There's a there's a guy for for for. As a left footer, oh, yeah, is a Sorry, yeah, he had a sweet, a sweet free kick against against um, Everton. Pickford couldn't see anything there, so yeah. he looks he looks like a decent player actually. Uh, I wouldn't mind them getting relegated, so so that so he so can go to United or, or to another team. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a Chelsea win, I think. We all say that. Yeah, I think it's Chelsea win hands down. Wonga said five, Matt said three. Uh, mm. What did you say, Nick? I said two, three, two, two or three. Two or three. I'll go three. I'll go three. Yeah, I'm gonna let's let's go. I'm gonna say Timo Werner hat trick three 0 Let's say that okay. he's gonna come off. And Kai Herbert scored a, a goal for Chelsea yesterday, so that's also an interesting one. So maybe <coughs> um, the next one's gonna be a juicy one: Spurs versus Newcastle. Oh, in that game. Spurs will keep a clean sheet, um, but I, I do think Spurs will win it. But I think it's gonna be. 
I think it's gonna be like a three-two kind of affair, four-three or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see Spurs being tidy with Newcastle. Yeah. Got some goal threats. They've got more than one. You know, it's not yeah. from a few different places. So like, we, yeah. we've had a couple of we've had a couple of good games over the years. To be fair, um, and I agree with you. I think we've we both we're both gonna probably concede. Um, I do think if Callum Wilson gets a chance in the box and if he's if he's up for it, I think he will. He just needs one or two, and he'll take at least one. Um, yeah. To be fair, but it's it's. I mean, we've played West Ham at Brighton, who who, who were fighting relegation, uh, beat one, lost one. Uh, it's going to be a long day. I think I'll be optimistic, and I'll say one-one. That's not enough goals. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to no, go one-one. No, 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 one-one. But then the the, the attacking I performances think- are going to be. Horrendous. I mean, we're going to have... What's, what's, the theme, what's the theme for this episode this evening? Hope will kill you, Matt. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let's call it 2-2. We'll call it 2-2. A couple of goalkeeper blunders as well. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I said 3-2 to Spurs. 3-2. I will never, ever t- say that my team will lose. So, when, like, even though I know that, I'll at least give them the draw. So probably my 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 heart is just my, my heart in my sleeve. I'll never you know, say that. Nick, you, your prediction is an interesting one because there's yet to be a draw in the season's fixtures. So that's that's. Oh, really, I yeah. mean, if you want to make some money, put that down on paper. Wonga. Yeah. Yes, uh, this one is a difficult one. Eh? Like I remember last was it was it what, last year when Spurs? I mean, Spurs, I mean uh, last year Newcastle they they beat uh, Man City. Yeah. No, we be, well, we and beat Man City, I think, the season before, where we beat Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they, yeah. yes, and they, they, that time they beat Man City, they played well, you know. And it, oh, yeah. But now, <laughs> I'm going to say, <laughs> I really don't know. Are you kidding? He's already laughing at He's already laughing. Look, yeah. Matt's, Matt's really wondering. He's like, surely, surely it's not just me who sees my team's going to walk over Newcastle. Surely, that's all he's thinking. I don't know. I'm, 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 I see Shakiri has scored, eh? Shakiri. Hmm? Yeah, you guys uh your League Cup game, yeah. Yeah, lovely. That's oh. that's my man. Big big carbs. Big carbs, Shakiri. I even forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, shame. Yeah. The longer you think we're gonna win. <laughs> I don't take it out the bag. I say one okay. nil Newcastle. Oh, there we go. I like that one. I think I'm I'm gonna lead with the draw. I'm gonna go with the draw as well. Is so tainted by the Arsenal shirt he's wearing. You know, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) We even have have comments here from people saying that Newcastle's going to win. Not just people. Savannah Soul, man. She knows her shit. Come on now. We've had had someone Spurs as well. Blush Mac. Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, all right. We're going to move on. Man City. What's your prediction, Claudio? What's your prediction? I said a draw. I said a draw. 1 1. I'm with the 1 1. I'm feeling it. I know, like, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to sound like a little bit of a hypocrite. It all depends if Gareth Bale brought his nine iron or his his driver to the training ground to show them. Oh, he won't play like, a friend, yeah. Yeah. So no, no, I think I think it's going to be one-one. We're going to go. Let's talk Man City versus Leicester. We've got Leicester who are scoring goals, but they're also conceding. We've got Man City who did win. You could argue, according to Celo and Matt's eyes, convincingly. Um, what do you guys think? This is up for grabs. They are playing at home, Man City. Uh, Man City, City three one. Yeah, yeah, City are gonna win it. I think, you know, Leicester have had a good start, but they're still not. They're still not gonna beat Man City. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, see. I see. 
I see Leicester 100% competing for it, especially after the city's performance. I see Leicester. And Brendan Rodgers, this week, you can see the team that he played in that. Uh, he played the city, changed all 11. He, he knows what he's coming against. Brendan Rodgers, I do not put it past him to beat City. Um, it's a draw. Where are they playing, actually? At the ATM. At the yeah. ah, But there's no, yeah. there's, no, there's, no, there's no fans there. So, yeah, but I don't put it past City. So. Never yeah, I don't put it past. It's a draw. It's I say draw or Leicester City. Oof. You never know. Uh, I don't know. I, I I see City winning a couple of games in the next couple of weeks. To be honest with you, I don't see them. I think they're just going to be like a student train. To be fair, look, I'm not. I'm not convinced with City at the back. Um, and you know what's interesting was that Leicester City scored four goals and not one of them was scored by Vardy, which means, and I think there were different goal scorers. So goals are coming around. They're all contributing. It's just whether or not they're going to be good enough at the back. And it depends if De Bruyne, you know, doesn't get injured. I mean, I told you guys, Sergio Aguero is out again. And I said, that guy never has a full season. And without him and without De Bruyne, it is harder for them to score goals. I mean, Foden did chip in, but... Yeah, I think there's. I think it's going to be a one-goal margin. I don't think it's going to be City running away yeah. with it. So let's True, say two-one, right. two-one, maybe to City. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good game. Um, yeah. Barring the Liverpool, barring the Liverpool Arsenal game, it's probably the next best, I reckon. Yeah, and let's what? move on to that game. Let's move on to the Liverpool Arsenal game. Wonga, <laughs> do you think they've got enough? <laughs> Look, um, Arsenal, even during the Cups, they, when they beat Man City and um, was the FA Cup final, then they beat Liverpool in the Community Shield. Um, I'm honest with you, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's what it looked like. Um, Arsenal, I think they did okay in the game. Um, yeah, but when I saw when I say when I saw Liverpool against uh, Chelsea, yeah. It's the same frustrating thing. You just don't know how the hell to get past that Liverpool defense. They look solid. They look very, very solid. Look like you could see that they're not conceding a goal in this game, and you just have yeah. to accept that fact. And yeah. that's what I see with the, the the Arsenal game coming up. And you saw the way Mane was pressing. Um, he saw that there was a keeper, a keeper's uh, not too sure about himself as well in the squad, and they were pressing him heavy. And he picked out that opportunity, got that goal. And Mane does that against Arsenal, possibly could happen. They, that, that doesn't even have to press the goalkeeper. There's this one pass that always happens where it's going from the right back or the centre back to the goalkeeper, coming down to the centre defensive mid, which is Shaka in the middle of the field. I think if they pinch that thing, I mean, obviously you, you are ahead of goal. And I can see Liverpool doing that once in the game. And if Liverpool score... I, I think, <laughs> in my opinion, in my opinion, and yeah. I agree with you, Wongo, like if, you know, Arteta also has to be a bit, he needs to be a bit smarter. If he's going to be gung-ho and he wants to play the way he plays, he it's might, no, no, it might be, it might be. And he might need to just put his pride aside and, and shut up shop a little bit and, and maybe play yeah. a bit more, you know, in the, in the opposition's half. You know, they, they've mm-hmm. got good ball players. But play in the middle third and the final third. I don't see why you need to against arguably one of the best pressing teams in the world. Yeah. I, I I think it's suicidal to be honest with you. I, I just yeah. don't see the point. I mean, yeah. you've got a chance. You've got a chance if you're limiting any 
anything at the back um, and if you're just going to force it. So I'd like to think uh, with his sort of experience working at a Man City, he would maybe have that sort of insight to make a decision like that. But uh, I'm excited to see, you know, if mm. they are going to just be brazen enough to just play the ball out the back. We'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you think, Claudia. I mean, are you confident or what? Uh, you know, I think um, Jurgen Klopp's history with Arsenal is a good one. He doesn't tend to lose games. I think the game that they lost in the Community Shield was a bit of an anomaly. It was one of those that they conceded early. The players weren't really up to speed, like Celo mentioned with regards to City's game last week. So it's going to, and if anything, I think he's just going to use that as motivation for them to come at Arsenal strong. It's going to be a good test for Arteta. But to what you're saying, I think he's going to play like he's been playing. He's going to sit deep. He's going to try and deny them space. He's going to try and get them to play out from the back because they did that in the Community Shield. So building yeah. their confidence. With uh, Gabriel there, they might be a little bit more confident. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, for me, this is very tough, guys. I'm not used to being in the championship or in the champion position. So like we, we used to being underdogs. But I, you know, that's why we always kind of look at the game with one eye open going, yes, we're going to win. And then always go like, well, we are Liverpool. But now we are Liverpool with Thiago in it. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be a 3-1. A 3-1 to Liverpool. I think Arsenal will score because they've got that in their makeup. I think Aubameyang on his day can also be unplayable. And um, Liverpool, depending on who they start at the back, we're not 100% just yet. So I think, yeah, yeah there, will, there will be goals. But if Thiago plays, oh my goodness, there's just going to be so much control from Liverpool's end. <laughs> but yeah, with all that also, I think even, even what I said as well, playing the keeper, we also... Um, there's a there's a bit of diciness there, but also I mean, if you look at the way Man, the way Arsenal beat Man City and Liverpool in those in those what friendlies, whatever, well, Epic Cup final wasn't one. They actually scored. Their goals came from areas in those teams' defenses, and that was as a result of Arsenal pressing as a team together. Yeah, and that was that was a huge criticism I had of them the season before is that they weren't pressing; they were literally waiting for everything to come to them. And they yeah. look like they, they're actually getting more out of pressing. So, yeah, you actually might see a goal from them. Oh, it depends, dude. If, um, if you look at the left-hand side where you're playing Saka, Saka's a great player. He's a young player. He doesn't track back like he should. He does get carried away and he, like, travels up the field and he takes forever to get back. And that's why you guys conceded against West Ham on the weekend was your left-hand side. So, I wonder... I mean, they're obviously going to be a bit deeper. They can't afford to make that sort of mistake against Liverpool. Otherwise, the side is going to charge you. Celo? Mm. No, I see, I see I see Arsenal scoring a goal, uh, but I'm not sure if it'll be 1-1 one, one or 2-1. Two, two. So either Liverpool win 2-1 or it'll be 1-1. One, one. I'm, I'm not sure, man. I think, uh, I, think I, I can see a goal from William actually. Um, you know, he had a bit of a quiet game against, um, against um, uh, West Ham, but I think he'll, he'll, he'll be up for the occasion. He always plays well in big, bigger games, but... But I still feel that you know Liverpool played so well against Chelsea, man. Like literally, that that was the Liverpool of 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 last season. So I, I'll just say two one. Uh, also because Liverpool are playing at home, um, yeah, so two one two Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's goals in the game. I I I I think Arsenal on don't have Kepper in goal, which is going to make a difference. Uh, you know, he, he did you guys a good favour in the Chelsea game. Um, but um, the look, Liverpool, we know how Klopp is. He would have seen the fixture list when it came out. He would have known these two weeks so early in the season would be hugely important psychologically for the 
you know, to, to retain the crown. So he's, he would have been planning for these two games from the beginning. And uh, so I, I do think Liverpool are going to pull it off, but I reckon Arsenal are going to get a goal or two. It's going to be 3-2 or 2-1, but it's going to be a tight game. But I do think Liverpool will come out on top. Yeah. yeah. All right. There we have it, guys. That's the, the weekend predictions. And uh, I think that's the show for Goal Lounge today. So thank you for joining us for episode three. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me again today. Um, we'll see you some. Oh, hopefully I'll see you guys tomorrow. But yeah, we'll see. We'll chat. Let's talk about the game. And yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. Peace. Cheers, Peace. guys. I'm just gonna end this. Oh yes, wait, wait. One more question. Oh, Selozad, <laughs> we got a question. Yeah, can we see the the, the squad of Golans doing the version of Jerusalem? Let's play it. tomorrow. Let's play the music. Come on, let's see it. One go, one go, Come on, lads. Yeah, I think it's time to end this. All right, cheers. Million percent. you're done. No way, yo. My family would have me. Are you guys just watching me dance? Okay, this is not happening. <laughs> 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 All right, cheers.